What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another edition of Sports Talk KC. I'm one of your hosts, Cowboy. Fellas? Yo, yo, what it do, KC? Elite 86, live in the flesh. What's going on, sports here? It's VP here, live and direct. All right, all right, all right, sports says we are back. And it's been a lot of movement within the NBA. A lot of trades, a lot of free agency uh, signees. I'm going to kick off with uh, the noticeable one of all of them. Russell Westbrook is now a L.A. Laker. I don't know how I feel about this being an L.A. Laker fan. But uh, before we get off into the other talks, fellas, what are you guys' thoughts of Russell Westbrook journey, LeBron James, and A.D. in L.A.? And Carmelo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Carmelo, well, yeah, too. Nah. Um, it's time to win one, uh, Russell. <laughs> you know, you've been you've had such a star-studded thus far in your NBA career. <laughs> Playing like James Harden, <laughs> now LeBron James. It's just like, you know, <laughs> you've played with so many superstars throughout your career. Like, it, 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 it's, not, it's, not, it's not for Russell to, you know, put up. You know, the Lakers, hopefully they can get that out of him. He's going back home. Um, that's to motivate Russ overall. More than anything, is the fact that he's going back home. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it, the the pressure's really on him. Like you said, Cal's starting out. He's with LeBron, AD, Carmelo, star-studded crew. You know, guys long in the two. It's time to. That's not Man, who sound like they in a vacuum and shit? Oh, my bad. I didn't think I could hear that. I'm sorry. Nigga, it's not like you were in a car wash, bro. Nah, nigga, it's hot in here, shit. I had the fan on. Shit. <laughs> my bad. Shit. Oh, you had... Oh, that, that, that. Uh, I'm sorry. I was unlocking my phone so I can get these uh these stats. I'm sorry about that, uh, sports heads. Don't hit me. Yeah, you up there. I could hear barely what Lee said, to be honest with you. Uh, hopefully they can hear it. Um, I mean, I don't have, short and sweet, I don't have too much on this. I don't really have any thoughts. It seems like this is the place where LeBron takes his friends to go on a ride with them. Maybe they'll get to the mountaintop. Maybe they won't. They don't care too much about it, in my opinion. Um, just short and sweet there, you know. You know, like Lee said, if he's at home and playing out in L.A., that's good for him. But um, I'm not a Laker fan. I know you are, Cal. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm – I'm, yeah, I'm hoping for the worst. Uh, just like this year, out, out of the playoffs in the first round or something like that. You know, That's what I'm hoping. Uh, me personally, as a Laker fan, I don't know how I actually feel about it. Uh, the NBA is getting watered down with a lot of these super teams. We'll get into it because there's a lot of uh, teams that have acquired uh, some top-name uh, players. So to me, it's just like it's just so watered down. So shout out to uh Giannis for getting his championship the way he did get it. No, his team to me was not considered a super team, 
Who's just considered a great team? Because if you take away Giannis, I mean, you got Middleton there, but I mean, they're not like top five or top 10 players besides Giannis. So to me, it's just so watered down. Like, I wish him the best. I don't know. I'm assuming LeBron's going to take more of a backseat role. Uh, Carmelo, most likely, I don't know if he's going to start. <clears throat> Excuse me, but he would be a great uh, role player. I'm just anxious to kind of see. But to me, it's just so watered down. That's how I feel on it. Yeah. And it's, like I said, it's uh, it's just interesting to know, you know, um, that these guys are all together, you know. I just want to see how Russell responds to playing at home. I do think that it's a different type of ampage, <laughs> you know, um, sort of speak. You know, when it comes to that, him going home and, you know, him and uh, the late great legend, Nipsey Hussle, um, being real tough and stuff like that. You know, so there's extra added motivation and blood, sweat, and tears behind the Lakers picking up Russell. So it is interesting, but it, it just adds for the drama for the, like I was saying earlier, like you were saying, Cal, you know, with the super teams kind of forming, and, you know, people's looking at, you know, what Golden State is going to do with Clay being healthy. And so this year coming up in the NBA is just going to be overall exciting just to see who comes out on top. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm just kind of like, I don't know. Like I said, I'm 50-50 with it. Uh I'm just ready. I mean, I hate to say that I'm ready for NBA season because I'm ready for football, but uh, I'm just kind of interested to see what's going to happen uh, this upcoming season with all these uh, shifting, moving players and all this stuff. But uh, I'm going to move it on past and go to Luka Dronkic. Uh, he has now signed a, uh, I believe, a five-year extension for $207 million. He's 22 years old. And he is now the uh, the face, which he was already was, but is now the face of the uh, Dallas Mavericks. So, uh, what do you guys think about this new extension of uh, Luca in Dallas? Short and sweet, Luca was going to get that. It was just a matter of time when he actually put the pen on the paper to solidify it and get it done. Short and sweet, um, no surprise there. Um, you seen that coming. Um, you know, like I said, he's the friends of that franchise. Um, whatever, he can ball, you know, period, point, play. You know, he, he can ball. So, um, you seen that coming, you know. No, no surprise there at all. I knew it was going to be a matter of time before, you know, he collected that bag. So, um, yeah, short and sweet. I seen that coming. And uh, before you go, Beats, the only thing that I'm kind of curious about is what's going to happen with uh, Porzingis because after the end of the season, it was put out there that those guys really do not uh, click with each other outside of the basketball court, that they're not friends. So I'm kind of interested in what's going to happen with Porzingis and are they going to scoop up some other players to bring around uh, Luca? So – I think uh, we should definitely watch for that because um, 
like I said, uh, those guys don't get along, and they really don't play that great together. Yeah, just short and sweet on that. Uh, now that you're throwing that up, um, just short and sweet before we shift gears. Um, I do. I, I, uh, yeah, um, only thing I was just going to say was, you know, <clears throat> I don't see – I don't I, I don't see him um being with Dallas. Like you said, him and Luca um really did not click. Um, you know, for whatever reason. Um, I see him possibly getting going somewhere else, you know, um, wherever it may be, um, to another contender or whatever, or to somebody that's contending, but I don't see him being there, him and Luca at the same time. I really don't. And I really hate that because uh, um, the big man was so good in New York. And uh, when he ended up in Dallas, it's like he just can't stay uh, healthy. But like you said, it is something to look out for for the Porzingis, if he will be a Dallas Maverick coming up uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, Beach, you got anything to relay in on the Dallas uh, situation right now? Or uh, Shout-outs to Luca. You know, that's Pat Mahomes' boy, you know, because Pat's from the, you know, Dallas area or surrounding areas. Uh, you know, glad he got his man, you know. Not too much. All right, and I'm going to move it on to another free agent that kind of caught my eye here. I'm not going to call him the stupid bitch of the week, but he did have an $84 million contract on the table for the Lakers. He turned it down, and now he got scooped up by the Boston Celtics for a $5.9 million deal, and the person that I'm talking about is Dennis Schroeder. Uh, to me, he wasn't that great as a Laker. Uh, he was not worth $84 million to, in my eye, but they did offer him that, and he turned it down wanting uh, more money. And now, being greedy, <laughs> he's now in Boston <laughs> – for $5.9 million instead of the $84 million contract that the Lakers extended to him. I just think that's pretty funny. Uh, you know, when you uh, think that you're – I'm not going to say that you're more than your worth because it's always good to think that you're more than, you know, than what you're worth. But come on, dude. Like $84 million, that's almost $100 million, bro. And you turned it down thinking you were going to get something else. And now you don't even have a fraction of that con contract now. And you're in Boston of all places. So wow. you yeah. yeah, it's really it's really mind-boggling that Schroeder did that. It kind of it kind of made you question, like, damn, who is this dude's agent? Jerry Maguire or some shit? Like, <laughs> but <laughs> I couldn't believe he did that. You know, when I heard that, I was like, wow, the Lakers actually offered this cat 84 mil. But like and I you think said, it was like a, a three or four year deal or something like that, too. Yeah, yeah, but it is what it is. Like you said, not, I don't have too much on it. You know, it's just shocking that for whatever reason he thought it, it was a field of teams out there wanting him, looking to throw big money at him, and actually, in reality, it wasn't. So, yeah, buddy, that's kind of one you got to kind of bite a couple of bullets on that one, fella. So you said that he's now in Boston for you said five point nine million, right? For a one year contract. 
when he could have got forty something million in how many years? He could have got eighty four million. You said eighty four. Eighty four million dollars. I think it was like a three year contract. It was like a five year uh, contract. Ah, uh, man. Forty yeah. seven. That's all you really can say on that. Uh, <laughs> Forward Kevin Durant plans to sign a uh, four-year deal, $198 million contract extension with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, as we all know, he was coming off a uh, injury-stricken season last season. He did play his heart out in the playoffs, I will say that. Almost got his Nets uh, to the finals, uh, or Eastern Conference finals, but uh, fell short. But he did. He is planning to sign a four-year extension worth $198 million. What are your thoughts on that, Lee? Oh, yeah. Um, I believe he already actually signed it, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> no surprise there. Um, like you said, the performance that he had um, in the playoffs, yeah, uh, Brooklyn came up short. In a lot of people's eyes, was picking Brooklyn to make it there. Um, especially after what, after what happened with LeBron and the Lakers and things of that nature, people thought, you know, Brooklyn was going to, you know, take it and win it all. But, yeah, man, um, the performance he put on in the playoffs, KD showed that he's, you know, he's he's one of the, he's one of the top tier um, greats in this game at this time. Um, he's still showing that. It's his help that gets, you know, his train you know, knocked off the tracks a little bit. But if he can stay healthy, you know, uh, the Nets are going to be there, you know, whenever, however long KD is there. You know, he puts them he puts them in contention to, you know, to be there deep in the playoffs, finals, or whatever, you know. So, yeah, that's no surprise there. The Nets, yeah, they better have gave him that money, you know. So, yeah, like you said, and uh, they also, like you said, uh, we were talking about it. They also acquired uh, Patty Mills. That's one of those moves now to where, oh boy, you know that really, that really uh, makes the playing field. Like I said, this NBA season is going to be ecstatic. But with Patty Mills coming, woo, that's that's interesting. Like I said, Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn ain't gonna go away hush hush like that now. Yeah, the Lakers are doing what they're doing, but Brooklyn is still one of them teams like shit. We just need to stay healthy. Right, and uh, yeah, Patty Mills did sign with the uh, Brooklyn Knicks as well. He has a two year contract, twelve mil, and he was balling out in that uh, Olympic Games for uh, Australia, I believe. Yeah, He's Australian. Yeah. Uh, he was balling out during that. Uh, Olympic matches as well. Beach, you got anything on the uh, Durant extension? No, not really. All right. Well, like I said, we got a lot of uh, NBA moves. I'm just going to keep moving it along, fellas. The two-time MVP, Stephen Curry, has signed a uh, four-year contract for $215 million. And, fellas, let me stress this to you. He's the first player in NBA history to sign a two-year a two, I'm sorry, a two-career, $200 million-plus contract. This is the first player in NBA history to, to possibly become a billionaire off these contracts. 
Like I said, he signed a four-year contract worth $215 million to extend himself with the Golden States Warriors. And you got uh, Clay Thompson coming back. Uh, and I believe that, uh, uh, Lee, you said that Iggy, Iggy uh, went on back down there? Yep, Iggy, Iggy is back. Iggy is back with the Golden State Warriors. That's correct. So uh, the Warriors are looking to rebound. You got uh, Draymond Green coming off an Olympic gold medal winning uh, performance and plus some uh, rookies and uh, young guys that they got coming up in the realm. So just, uh, what, do you, what are you guys' thoughts on this, man? Uh, Steph is wrecking it in, man. Ranking it in. Uh, the greatest shooter in the NBA history, period. Um, he's well deserving of that. Um, like I said, this man don't need no introduction. Um, like I said, yeah, I put my line, I put it, I put it out there on the line. The greatest shooter in NBA history that we have seen <laughs> once again. But uh, yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, Steph, Stephen Curry and them, man, they, uh, they want to taste that. Uh, they want to taste that uh, championship champagne again. <laughs> so. You know, that's why I said, man, it makes it so much interesting. You know, bringing him back, uh, you, you can't just shoot them away. Yeah, they, you know, um, Clay has kind of, you know, threw things off there. But, yeah, um, yeah, you, no surprise there. Going to state, you know, better have paid them or be doormat, <laughs> be doormatic for the next couple of years <laughs> if you don't pay them. But, um, yeah. Nothing too much, you know. The they knew they were going to have to pay him again. <laughs> He's showing no signs of declining, you know, via healthy. So, you know, it is what it is. Golden State is going to be interesting this year. Just short sweep with them, though. You know, they can add another piece or two. You know, it's not still, it's not you no know, out of the water talk with them possibly acquiring Ben Simmons. They actually was close to getting Ben Simmons, you know, um, uh, earlier on, but things had fell through. So I've been hearing lately that talks have kind of picked back up with Ben Simmons possibly going to join Steph and Clay there too. So, yeah, they're another team to watch. Like, shit, about them. Hmm. I don't know if I want them, buddy. You can't shoot. You can't play with the Splash Brothers, baby. Yeah, I don't think him and Danny. I'm sorry, uh, Draymond, trauma with jail together. But like you said, it has been talks about it. But I just, I, I don't know uh, if they were jail good together because it was somewhat of the same type of player. Just that uh, uh, the young man is a little bit more explosive. In Draymond, but mm-hmm. it just be something to look for, I guess. Hey, let, me good you, let me ask you this, Cal. Does Dame Dollar is he in Portland next year or is he he's somewhere else, big guy? What's your take on that? To me, it looks like he is. Uh have nobody uh I thought that if he was gonna move, he would have moved earlier uh within this whole ordeal of the trades and free agencies and things of that nature. So I think that uh, Dane will possibly be in Portland next year. I, I don't. I don't see any other landing spot for him where he can has uh, a successful and productive season. I mean, do you, I mean, do you have a team in mind that he could possibly go to? Because all the big, bigger name teams 
done swooped up some guys. So I, mm-hmm. as far as Dame, I think he's he's there. Uh, if I just had to throw a team out there, I would say New York. But uh, they just picked I, up Kim. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat with you on there, man. I just kind of see. I just was just kind of trying to see what you thought about that. Uh, yeah, the third, like you said, the further as time goes, it's kind of like he's, you know, kind of venting a little bit, kind of sort of what like Aaron Rodgers had did, you know, with the Packers. You know, uh, the superstar is voicing his concern and his disgruntledness. Uh, publicly and, you know, uh, whatever, through social media, whatever. Uh, he, he, he was expressing that. So we seen how the, how the, how the soap opera with AR ended. You know, he vented, said what he said, had his displeasure with the organization, but he ultimately came back. You know, so that's how I look at it with Dame Dollar. I just wanted to throw that out there because his name's been swirled around too with all this trading and different, you know, acquisitions, you know, going on. And with Patty Mills leaving now, that really is a blow because uh, when CJ McCullough went down last year, Patty Mills stepped up on that uh, Portland Trail Blazers team. So, they're not only losing players, they're not adding anybody. So I don't, I don't, I don't, it don't, it don't look good for Dame. I think, what is this going to be his last year? Uh, signed up with Portland, right? This He's going into his uh, free agency. Right? So, yeah, I believe after next year, he, he, yeah, I believe he can opt out his contract or something like that. Yeah, I just believe he's just going to play it out and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. yeah, but this has been a lot going on, like you said, and then Chicago, just to throw them in there, you know, they're on that, you know, that eastern eastern side, you know, uh, signing DeRozan and uh, Zach Levine. Uh, so, you know, it's just been a you lot mean, of crazy. It's a lot of you, mean, uh, you mean Ball? Huh? Ball and DeRozan. Right, right. There you go. I was kind of surprised about Ball, man. I mean, I, but I heard some rumblings last year about them uh, saying that he was disgruntled in uh, New Orleans. But I kind of hate that because New Orleans, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, well, I'm, no, I'm not going to say that. It was coaching. But Ball, Ingram, and Zion and me. But Ball is now out. Now uh, New Orleans is looking for another point guard. And I believe they just signed him as a coach. I cannot think of his name, Sports Heads. But uh, now they're on the rebuilding process as far as point guards and things like that and losing other players. So it just sucks for uh, New Orleans. Not to uh, – you know, with you bringing that up, uh, yeah, that's – you know, Zion ain't, Zion ain't looking too happy about that going on. So – there's been some little talks I've been hearing. <laughs> Golden State pick him up, you know, because he wants to get out of New Orleans. So this is, yeah, like I said, man, the the 
the the surprising nature of people moving on the fly in the NBA is not over quite yet. It it ha it's been some happenings early in the process, but it's still some stuff that's going to go on that's going to determine the makeup of this season coming up in the NBA. So, like you said, man, Zion is disgruntled. He got his family telling him they're very upset with the organization. So, he's looking to get out of And then, uh, while, while we're uh, talking basketball, P.J. Tucker and Cal Laurie joined the Miami Heat. Now, this is one that I was really thrown for. Is P.J. Tucker leaving Milwaukee, a championship team, and going to Miami? But then I thought about it. I didn't realize that P.J. Tucker was 35, 36 years old. So he was chasing the bag. He has his ring. So let me chase the money. I believe they offer him $17, $20 million or something like that, which is one of his biggest payday of his NBA career. Believe, uh, what is your thoughts on PJ Tucker pretty much just jumping ship on a championship level team, winning one and going to Miami? It. You said it, you hit it right on the head. Uh, Tuck, uh, Tuck is long in the tooth in this league, he finally got the hardware. Um, Tuck is just looking to just chill back. Slide in the cuts, you know. Um, he did it. The, the figures that you said, too, that was actually mind blowing. That Miami offered him so much to be to be thirty five, about to be thirty six years of age when the season kicks off or comes around. That's that's some nice money for Tuck, you know, to come in and be a situator, situational wingman or whatever Miami's trying to do, you know, play that role that he had with Milwaukee in Miami. So you said it. Uh, he's looking to, you know, just enjoy life. He's going to Miami. Oh, my God. He's coming from, you know, Milwaukee, where Milwaukee versus Miami. <laughs> okay, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> we, anyone would choose to go and kick it down in Miami versus Milwaukee. But, yeah, he's just – at the point, he just chased the bag. And he got the bag. Like you said, he got the hardware. I can't knock the brother, you know. It is what it is. Because it, it shocked me that they oh, that they gave to do 17 or 20 – what you say, 20 mil or 17, something like that? 17, 20 mil, something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 pretty nice for him at the age that he's at. So, shit, can't knock the hustle shit. He had just got the hardware. So, I mean, shit, that dude, 36 years old, so – it is what it is. All right. And the uh, got a few more gentlemen before we go on to our uh, NFL talk. But uh, Danny Green has uh, agreed to a two-year deal to return uh, to the Philadelphia uh, 76ers. $20 million for two years. Now, this is one guy here, man. He's 34. Danny Green has been in it. He has played with a lot of teams, man. And this dude always finds a way to come out on top. Uh, he's making money. Uh, like I said, he just resigned with the Philadelphia uh, 76ers for a two-year deal worth $20 million. Uh, what do you got on Danny Green? Or if you got anything going on, I just wanted to mention that 
on the journeyman of Danny Green because he continues to make money wherever he goes. I don't have nothing on that really. Short and sweet. That just goes to show kind of how how Beats was saying earlier about Ben Simmons, that there's no trust in Ben to be a a, a, a steady night in, night out, assassin, jump, jump shot, uh, assassin, um, with them getting Danny Green, offering him, giving him basically 10 in a year. Man, that goes to show they don't have no confidence in Ben at all. But, hey. Like you said, he always finds somehow to be on the team that, you know, looks to be in the thick of things. That is what – that's kind of too much money to be paying Danny Green, but, hey, it is what it is. I guess Billy needs some type of shit that you know, ain't getting it from being. All right. And uh, a little bit out of uncertainty, uh, I guess now they know for sure that he's going to – uh, possibly stay. Kawhi Leonard decided to stay with the L.A. Clippers. Uh, there has no been no uh, uh, contract terms yet, but uh, they were all thinking that he may possibly leave uh, the Clippers, but he is now coming back. But no terms are worked out on the deal. Do you guys think I think that Kawhi Leonard has what it takes to lead this team deep into the playoffs, into the finals, and to possibly win because these last few years, we all thought it was uh, that they weren't able to uh, build player and coach camaraderie. Uh, he did have an injury-stricken um, playoffs, but he will be healthy and ready to go next year. Do you think he has what it takes to get them to the promised land? Because the West will be thick even more so than it was last year. What you got on that, Beats? Go ahead. No, you got it. I was just going to say, just, <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> it, it not just the fact that he decided to stay, it's how he did it that was kind of, that was kind of backdoors to me. Um, he made the Clippers basically be in limbo for a minute because they didn't know what Kawhi was going to do at first. And, you know, the, the, the NBA analytics or whatever experts were talking about it. Like, he's basically not responding to the Clippers or nothing like that. You know, they basically trying to get talk to him you know, acquiring some of these some of these free agents, and they were just kind of saying with him like hanging out, like playing, playing, playing tug of war with the organization. It, you know, they kind of killed some time on them possibly going after some free agents to bring help around him to help him out. Then he waits to people start moving. A lot of moves getting made. Then be like, oh, I'm a stay. That was kind of messed up by Kawhi. <laughs> You know, um, I felt like he could have been up front with that organization if, if he felt like that he could have been up front with that instead of leaving that team to think, well, damn, he's going to opt out. Is he, is he moving on? I just feel like I, I, I don't – no, I don't think – I don't think he has what it takes, him and Paul George and Patrick Beverly. 
they cannot have what it takes to get to the promised land. It's going to have to be some other pieces involved, a, a, another piece, whatever. <coughs> but no, I, I, I don't think Kawhi can do what we seen him do again like he did with Toronto. He shouldn't really just stay with Toronto. I've been saying that he shouldn't have never left Toronto, but that's another day's discussion. Hmm. What you got on him, Beats? So he left him in limbo. And I'm just trying to figure out, I guess, understand what he actually did. So free agency started. He didn't return their calls. And then he waited until some moves was made, and then he decided to resign. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 once the period, once the uh, the free agency period started or whatever, guys started getting, you know, the domino effect. Guys started getting extended and things of that nature. It was it, it was ball game, you know, the tip off. You know, everything started rolling downhill. And they were trying to extend him early in the process um, because I think that they were – they were very aggressive to go after some of these other players, um, you know, that were available. And Kawhi basically played this rope-a-dope kind of game with him and just now recently signed it. But they were trying to get it done, to my recollection, they were trying to get it done damn near a month ago or more than that. And it was – uncertainty he, he wasn't he wasn't responding back to the organization how they were coming to him trying to extend him out he he waited to now oh i mean i don't understand the reasoning behind it that doesn't make any sense to me unless you thought about leaving and then changing his mind that's exactly what it was that's that that, that that's the crypt that's the whole cryptic that's the cryptic message of it all. Kawhi didn't want to be there. He was contemplating, do I want to be here or not? And for that reason, he knows it still. It's, it's going to be hard to get, like Cal said, with the original question. Is he going to be able to get to the promised land in this current state? And the answer is no. And he knows that. But yeah, he, he, he like ain't he like, I might as well stay now. Everybody, you know, the NBA is already starting to, you know, change on the fly. Shit, I might as well stay here. What am I gonna do? Go join another, go join a super team if I decide to leave. Like, yeah. But he 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 toyed around with that organization unnecessarily. He could have been aside that extension or didn't have to play games with it like that. Cause shit, they been up front with him about everything. Did everything he wanted him to do, but when it came time for him to do what he needed to do, he he, he didn't come at them like that. Yeah, to me, uh, Kawhi hasn't been uh, Kawhi since he left uh, San Antonio when he was dubbed the Claw. It just uh, seems like his mind is. I don't know if it's uh, somewhere else or like that, but when he was with Toronto, they was already on the cusp so many years before he got there. And he was just that little bit of uh, uh, 
I guess, lighter fluid or jet fuel that they needed to get over that hump, which he did accomplish. But it's just something with me and these Clippers uh, that him and Paul George uh, just don't gel together. And like I said, when Paul George went down in uh, Indiana, when, uh, Indiana when he was the Pacers, he hasn't been the same player either. So um, I don't, I don't think that uh, it'll happen uh, the way they wanted to. Uh, will they be in the playoffs? Yeah, of course they'll get there. But uh, we all know that the playoff, that, that the uh, Western Conference is very stacked. You got a uh, teams that's, that's going to be back there. So. Uh, I don't see uh, Clippers uh, getting to the promised land, not this year. I mean, at least not with Kawhi no. and Paul together. No. And like you said, Paul George has never been the same, you know. You, we've been on NBA. Because there's been so much that's transpired within the NBA. But I know we're about to shift gears. But like you said with Paul George, he's never been the same. with. Like you said, so once he left Indiana – because he always had a big man. If you remember, Roy Hibbert was always in the middle on, on, on with that team. And he had a good uh, – what was the point guard's name? Uh, um, damn, I forget the point guard's name. I think it was uh, Jamal – it wasn't Jamal Tinsley, was it? I, I can't – I'm not for sure, bro. I'm not going to say yes to that because I'm not quite for sure. But only thing I'm trying to get at real short and quickly is that he's always had a good supporting cast. Ever since he's left Indiana, he's never had that. He's a tr- he's a player that really has to have three other good guys behind him, maybe even four, for him to really be in the zone. Because that's true. That was the last time Paul George was really killing it, killing it, and he's never been the same since that. All right, all right, all right, sports heads. Uh, what we're going to do now is kick it into a little bit of football. It is a Ponas Bay E. The Chiefs' first game is – first preseason game is Saturday, and we play 49ers, right, fellas? Yes. All right. But before we talk about that, uh, let's just talk about a little training camp stuff. Then we'll just get to our uh, talk about the uh, expectations, everything we want to see with that game coming up. <coughs> Excuse me. So, Beach, you've been—I uh, know you're not a big uh, NBA guy. Football is more of your realm in baseball. Mm-hmm. So, as far as the training camp, what is your thoughts so far? Um, from the little snippets or little clips that I've seen, because we planned on going out there, and then last minute. Uh, Tickets were sold out, and me and Lee was like, man, forget that shit. And then wound up that it started raining that day and uh, pretty much uh, rained out training camp for the outdoor practice and went inside. So that would have been a waste of time and a waste of gas and money on that. So um, just based uh, a long way to say, um, just from the reports and um, stuff like that, it seems like um, the offensive line is gelling together, even though there's some misconceptions about, you know, one-on-one drills with certain guys and people getting on Orlando Brown and Lucas Niang, but that's really set up for the defense to do some stuff. And then also you got to understand that uh, I believe Orlando Brown said yesterday 
uh, sometimes during these drills or whatever, these one-on-one drills, um, you know, they're working on certain things and you have to put it in context and not in the scope of if it's a game or not. Um, I'm not necessarily worried about that. Um, I guess if anything, I'm just wondering uh, who's going to be that third option on this offense um, behind Tyreek Hill and uh, Travis Kelsey. Um, I'm trying to figure out, uh, I guess the D-line is okay with, uh, you know, uh, Chris Jones moving around. Then you have Frank Clark on the other side with Jerron Reed and uh, Naughty in the middle with with a mix of uh, Tershawn Wharton and Colin Saunders here late. So I'm interested to see what, you know, how that pans out. And then uh, I guess just the secondary as far as is Mike Hughes, He's going to be in that nipple or on the outside. And uh, that battle between him and Fitton and uh, DeAndre uh, Baker uh, for me. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, when you got me. Yeah. Um, like, like you said, you, you hit it all on the head. Um, you know, uh, Saturday um, – you know when we uh, when we face these 49ers, you know, and kick this uh, kick this NFL season, this campaign off. You know, um, just sticking to it. Um, what I'm looking for in that game, but you know, sticking to the Rams of training camp. Um, I want to see the uh, the depth behind uh, in this running game um, behind this offensive line and these young men up front. That is easy like you alluded to, um, on this offensive line. Um, uh, Jaron McKinney, um, I want to see his fresh legs and what he's able to do, how long, you know, he's out there Saturday. Um, I would like to see Clyde as well. Um, even D-Train, Darren Thompson. Um, these guys have a lot to prove. I want to, you know, um, Darrell, you can't leave him out there. You you know, you can't leave uh, Williams out of there. You know, I just want to see the rushing attack with all of these guys, you know, um, really, uh, like you said, who's going to step up behind um, because 50% of your pie on offense, we all know <laughs> that it's Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. That's 50%. Really, you can really say 60%. So, I want to see who else, you know, now that Sammy Watkins is, you know, off the team, who else, you know, um, is it going to be McCall? Um, is it going to be d You know, uh, who's stepping up or is it just going to be like a collective effort? Not saying that's what we're going to see Saturday or we're going to all, you know, that's going to, Saturday's going to tell us that. But, you know, that's just some of the things I've been looking at as, as far as training camp, like who's making noise, you know, to kind of be that guy that can replace Sam, um, things of that nature. Like I said, I spoke about the running backs, been, you know, keeping a close eye and an ear open, you know, what's been going on in that in that backfield with them running backs. Um, and I just want to see, uh, you know, training camp, as training camp progresses on, um, I would really like to see, uh, as far as the linebackers on defense, I would really like to see the coming of Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, and Hitchens. Um, I really do. Uh, me and Beats have talked about that. 
Um, I just wanted to bring the linebacking group up. Willie Gay has not necessarily been practicing here of late. I just want to see, you know, just I want to see that, you know, Bolton as well. Um, see, see what these linebackers is looking like as training camp progresses, plus with the game coming up finally on Saturday. So, and like you said, man, uh, with the secondary, you know, um, Breland is gone. I'm, I'm going to keep on saying it. That's a worry for me. Uh, Breland is gone. That's That was our only impactful player in the secondary minus Honey Badger that was making an impact. He's not with us anymore. So who's it on? Baker, uh, Hughes, uh, Bo Pete, whoever. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm just trying to see, you know, so it's training, you know, whether we see it more and more in training camp or in these games, that's, that's progressing on. That's just what I've had an eye on, you know. Um, you know, uh, just a couple little tidbits taken away from training camp real quick um, to hear, you know, the likings of a Mitch Holtis say and compare Trey Smith, the, uh, the guard out of Tennessee, you know, that went in the sixth round. <laughs> To, to, for him to right now be compared to Will Shields, that's volumes. Uh, Mitch Holt has actually said that uh, that he sees Will Shields in his key. and you know he has not he, he's not letting that spot go. You know they put him in there day one. He found out a couple minutes before the first practice that he was going to be running with the first team, and he has not let up out of that position. So I want to see Trey. You know, on that the line. This is so much, man. This is so much. I just want to see these boys are equipped with good depth, you know, to try to take it back. Training camp or or the game. Yeah, speaking of him, yeah, he has uh been a big name uh on that O line. Uh like Ooh, I said, Trey? He, yeah, Trey, yeah, he's uh Yeah. He's one of those players that has a chip on his shoulder, you know. Uh, uh, he was uh, slated to be, uh, you know, a, a higher draft pick than what he was, but dealing with his health issues and things like that, things was kind of scared. So I, I, I do agree with you on that one, Lee. Uh, watch out for uh, the big boy because he coming. Yeah, it was it, – it, it wasn't no little rinky dink, you know, uh, condition that he had. He had multiple blood clots in his kit, both of his kidneys. So, um, you know, that kind of scares some teams away, you, you want to say. They kind of look at it about his health. But, yeah, he, that's looking like a, a, a very much so a steal. If this dude is a day one starter and wreaking havoc, that's a that, that's a steal. We've got him in the round. He turned out to be a day one starter. That's very big. But real quick, though, man, like I was telling y'all about Orlando Brown as well. We can't forget him because uh, that that is a guy that the Chiefs have got to basically rewrite the narrative of what we've seen in Super Bowl 55. And that was Patrick Mahomes running around Tampa Bay Stadium for his life. Like I really alluded to y'all, just want to start quick. I just want to say with Orlando Brown, he show that he can be a left tackle, not a right tackle. Because people 
and he was a right tackle in Baltimore, which was a run first offense. Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, uh, Mark Ingram, run first offense as a right tackle. He's now Patrick Mahomes pass first offense on the left side. Patrick Mahomes blind side. I'm interested to see is Orlando Brown going to make the transition smoothly and efficiently? Because this a lot is riding on this catch. This whole O line period, whether it's Hill, Tooney, uh, 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 Creed, Trey, Nia, this whole offensive line is magnified, is being scoped. But it starts with Orlando Brown, just the capacity that we acquired him in. Sports is if y'all listening, listen. I just want y'all to see it's going to be key if Orlando Brown can make the transition because he has not always been the left tackle. I just wanted to throw that out there about Big Bell. What you got on that, Beats? Well, Orlando Brown, yeah. Um, I think you'll be all right, be honest with you. You just got to adjust a little bit and get used to it. But I think he'll be all right. I don't think it's always going to look pretty, but I think he'll keep his man in front of him. He's a big guy. So, so if a guy got some twitch and some bend, they can probably get around him. But if he can use his he can use his arms to get him 10, 10 yards up the field and then pack, pack and step up and just see it, then I think it'd be all right. But I think – I think he'd be all right, though, to be honest with you. Just short and sweet. Like you said, Lee, it'd be something to watch for with him uh, playing on that blind side of uh, Pat. Uh, but I think he'll be okay. He's a big boy. I think he'll be out there uh, moving bodies, like you said, and staying on the word. Nobody's going to touch Pat. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I and, and I wasn't saying it was a doubt. I just want to see, like I said, it's I use the word transition and to see how he can react to this react to this transition. You know, I think he'll be okay too because he plays with the nastiness. He plays with the confidence. You hear it, you see it in his eyes, you hear it in his voice, you see it in, in the one-on-one battles in the hundred degree. Chris Jones in the trenches. You he's holding ground, but Chris is gonna get you too. But it, it, a lot is just you know the health of this whole line. The thing, the, the thing that's already got me. You see it in training. Does it have to be a game? I see, I see a whole lot of people on this line. Everyone I name. I think they all got a little bit of uh Kalucci or similar in when we used to say KO bring that nastiness. I think of guys that I as KO. I'm I'm a I'm a your butt on this. I'm a whip your tail in and out, whip your ass in and out all day long on this line. All all the guys that I named, I think I got, got that in me. And that's that's gonna be a turnaround for the I just throw that out there. I think each guy has a certain level of nastiness in it that we're not accustomed to with our offensive line. And that's what we're going to need moving forward uh, this year. Uh, we don't want Pat running around 
like a chicken with his head cut off, like we've seen in that Super Bowl. But we all know our offensive line was injury uh, struck in at that point. Do so, y'all agree with that? Is it safe? Is it safe to say y'all agree with that? That everyone plays with a level, a certain level of nastiness, or is that just me? No, I agree with you. I we've been the since we started this podcast, we have asked for a line <laughs> big and nasty and not athletic and. And Al Jalen playing stock. We've asked for this, uh, Lee. We've asked for it, and, and finally, we're getting it. It, it yes, took us, it took us getting our ass kicked in the Super Bowl, but we're we're finally getting the line that we asked, like a power, big, heavy set offensive line. We we've been asking for it. I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Like you said. Uh, it, it took for us to get busted in our chops and swallow our own blood in Super Bowl 55. But that's, hey, man, to be, you know, uh, once again, man, I've, I've always said it since we started this podcast. I give credit when credit is due. I'm just going to say, Brett Beach, I'm, to not, to really be a competitor, <coughs> to be a contender, I'm sorry. To be a contender for a Super Bowl and to rebuild this line on the fly without busting up the salary cap, it's monumental. It's monumental. Like B said, we're finally in that line. You, you've heard nothing and seen nothing but good about Orlando Brown. Tony, introduction. Creed. He basically been told as soon as they called him draft night. <laughs> yeah, we got we got Blight, who's a veteran from the Rams, but you're really going to be the starting center in, in this offense. He, he was told that draft night. He has not cut up, has not trained the same way. And now you got Niang. We, we all been saying we want to see Niang. Yes, to rip between back spasms, but I just want to give credit to Brett. Yeah, we basically was able to rebuild the line without busting up the salary cap. Hey, Lee. Once you said Rimmers and Liang, do you think if Rimmers is healthy that he gets back in the starting rotation? No. No, I don't. Especially if Niang is really over there on that island kicking ass. No, I, I don't. Uh, and I personally, I want Niang to fall out and really just take it, take it by storm. You know, I want him to ball out. Uh, I don't want him to give that because that's not going to be good if Rivers does have to come back. That's saying a lot about Yang, and I don't want that to be said. I want to. I'm envisioning this massive, this massive head of an anchor of anchors. <laughs> I want this kid to remain on this line. It needs to be Yang and Brown on those islands protecting that. Rimmers is a very good rotation. 
motivational backup. When you need him, he's there. He's a veteran, but he's showing already in training camp. It can't be a full, long 17-game season, possibly three more games, 20, 20 games. Or Rivers, it just it's too much. It, it it has to be fresh blood in the end. I agree. I just want him to earn it and, and just like how Trey Smith has not given up that right guard position because you know um Kyle Long is injured. Um and now uh, uh LDT is injured, he's out with a broken in and out. Four to six. So, uh, yeah, I, I just like Niang to go ahead and take that. I think he's right. taking. I think he's taking it, bro. You ain't heard. You ain't. That, that's the thing. You ain't heard nothing about Niang. That's a good thing. You ain't been hearing his name. How they been? You know, guys being. You know, you ain't been hearing Niang's name, and that that lets me. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. What he's supposed to do. Right. Right, 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 right. Yeah, we pulling for him, man. Uh, it's just like I said, this line is exactly what I remember. I think we had a show. Well, yeah, we, I know we had a show. And we were talking about that, uh, the nastiness of that Raiders line, which they have totally depleted their line, which is crazy. <laughs> Well, that's the Raiders for you. But the Raiders had that big, nasty offensive line. Yeah, and now are doing what exactly we wanted them to do. Get some big bodies around Pat, and they're doing it. So uh, I'm just ready to see it. Uh, and we will, our first time seeing it will be Saturday. Uh, they may get a couple reps in, maybe play the first uh, quarter. We're not sure. But I'm definitely wanting to see that uh, – First, uh, uh, first team in action. Yeah, I was going to say, don't look. Uh, uh, um, yeah, we want to see that. You know, I, I'm gonna do. i put it like this: they they gonna have to show me September 12th because the preseason is limited, and the playbook is really vanilla. So they gonna have to show show us September. 12th. When they get stayed that's that's when I think that's a real test. Yeah, they 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 can show us little glimpses and little pancakes (laughs) during the preseason, but that's when that's when I would get off. All right, right. well, let's just go into the uh, just preview for this game. What we're expecting to see from this Chiefs, uh, we all know sports says that uh, our first team will not be on the field, but it's an opportunity for guys that's trying to make a name for themselves uh, in these preseason games. So, guys, what are your thoughts leading into this game, expectations uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs against the 49ers this Saturday? Really, all I'm looking for um, in this game, I want to you know, like I said, the uh, repertoire of running back, who's going to be running. You know, I want to see who's running with the 
compassion, balls, ball security, toughness, offensive line, whoever's out there. I want to see guys being anchored, not getting pushed back. You know, because we know Pat and him is not going to do it for 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 a lot for a long for a good extended period of time. Saturday. It may be two series at the most, three at the most. But I can see a young guy. Uh, I want to see what 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 will he take if he, if he plays because he's been under a uh, concussion protocol and hasn't been practicing. But oh, and, uh, you know, oh, and then the other, and then the other. Oh, uh, just want to see what they're up to. I'll tackle him. You know, what's up in the secondary? These receivers, who's making plays? That's all I'm really looking for. You know, I don't expect much. But that's the main stuff that I do want to see uh, Saturday's game. Sure, tackling and stuff like that. Just the fundamentals. See, you know, the fundamentals is up to par. What you got? Yeah. Here? I was just going to say, um, as far as expectations, I don't really have any for this game. I just want to just observe and watch and then just take what I can see from that. Because sometimes, you know, when players get in the game, it's either you're going to show up or you're going to, uh, you know, go to the tail when the lights come on. So I just want to see what that right side of the line do from Creed on over just within the first couple of series just to see if they can hold up or not. And then as far as the young guys, I want to see uh, what Nora Gray's looking like. I want to see, uh, as uh, uh, as uh, Nate Taylor would say, the great white horse. Uh, I want to see what he's looking like, see what all the hype is about with him and see if he actually shows out under the lights. And then for somebody that has not been uh, showing out at training camp, has probably been underwhelming, has been Cornell Powell, you know, that's uh, a couple of days ago from Eric B. Enemy, how Cornell Powell is He said he's a good soul and he's working hard. So uh, that means he's not doing much of nothing. So I just want to see in the game if uh, Cornell Powell can actually turn it on maybe so um, and maybe try to uh, fight for one of those uh, bottom receiver slots, you know, maybe if they keep six or – I don't know if he's going to make it if he's just five of them. Um, see how that goes. And then switching over to the other side, uh, I want to see this Devin Key, this undrafted rookie out of uh, Western Kentucky. I want to see him to see how, what the hype is about about him. And then I want to see what Mike Hughes do as well as far as the uh, secondary and uh, DeAndre Baker um, in both key keys. Um and then I guess uh, um, Joshua came on that line just to see if he's developed a little bit and see if he can uh, be more than what Tano Passio gave us, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. So um, these past couple of years. So that's all I'm looking for is just these key guys and see if they can actually uh, do something under the lights. Yeah, I don't What you looking for, Cal? I was about to go on and beat because I don't want to beat the same drum as you guys are beating. But I'm in the grants. Uh, obviously, I, would, I do want to see the first team. But 
at this point, it's much more of what are these younger guys going to do. Uh, so they're mo- so for me, it's mostly watching, see what these young guys in the secondary and uh, defensive players on the line and younger guys are going to do uh, as far as offense, uh, see what some of these young Robert Stevens are going to do. See if DeMarcus Robinson is going to capitalize on what he's been talking all offseason. See if Miko is going to be ready to go this season. So it's mostly for watching what the uh, guys that's unknown is going to do. Who's going to step up in some of these key positions that we do have available within that secondary because we're not really setting stone there uh, and things of that nature. And for the third slot of that wide receiver core. So that's pretty much what I'm looking for. Uh, like you guys were saying, just to see what the young fellas is going to do. So for me, it's more so what the first team does. I'm sorry, what the team does after the first team that I'm watching uh, mm-hmm. to see uh, what these Chiefs got in depth uh, that we can see the, uh, some of these players step up. So that's pretty much what I'm looking for. Okay. Make a long story short. I'm, I'm not going to beat the same drum like how you guys did. You guys pretty much said it all. But I just want to see what it, pal. No, 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 no. You don't, no, no, no. That's your tongue. You guys did exactly what you're supposed to do. But I mean, that's all I'm looking for. You know, because we know our first team's not going to play much. So, you know, obviously I want to see them, but uh, I want to see what these younger guys are going to do. I will say this. You know, this year there's a wrinkle. After every game on a Tuesday, they're cuts, buddy. Right, and you see, that's another thing. I'm happy you brought that up because I was thinking about it when we were talking about this offensive line. Because this offensive line, I can't remember. I remember when we did the draft show on how many like players. 15 of them, bitches. You said 15 of them? It was somewhere close to that. It was something like that, 13 or something like that. So after this game, I'm assuming it will be some guys exiting a lot on this uh, O-line. And I got a feeling that uh, Long might be one of them. You think so? I think so. I don't. I think it may be Tardy. I mean, I know they'll look bad as far as optics go, but. It's going to be a vet. What are them veteran guys? <clears throat> yeah, I could. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's going to be Long. I don't know. It's going to be one of them. It's going to be one of them. It's going to be him or Tardee. I don't know. It may not even be Tardee. I don't know. Mm. And it's another uh, roster spot that we're, we're, we're stacked in. I can't – was it the Rob receiver core? Oh, uh, yeah. Watts, Armani Watts may be gone. He may be a True. casual. Especially with Marcus Kelly coming back here. Uh, I... So that would just be something to watch uh, for after this first game. Uh, some of the veteran uh, O-linemen being cut. I wonder, and then that's another boy I want to see who they've been ranting and raving on, Gordy uh, Fortson. See what right. I got a question. Since you brought that up, last year I have it pulled up. They kept four tight ends. Do you think they keep four tight ends this year? Because if it, if the like what you just said, Lee, uh, I'm gonna let you answer. But what you just said with Force, and they have been raving about him. 
And I know that, I guess, Blake Bell is our best blocking tight end, I guess. Um, I'm just wondering what you guys think. Do you keep four or do you cut it down to three? Because if it was me, Blake Bell could be off the fucking lot. Yeah, I would keep three and instead of keeping four and that extra spot, use it on Fortson, but – Man, his name has been coming up. This is the second year in a row. I just want to see the dude get on the field and be able to make some plays to see if he can actually, you know, evolve into the offense one day and become a weapon for Pat. Because it's not by it's not by surprise that this dude for the second year in a row is making the necessary play. So. I just want to bring his name up too. All right. Then I was going to ask one more question. I know we're going a little bit long. Um, it'll be real quick. Both of you guys, are you, are you keeping three or four uh, running backs? Hmm. So basically, what I'm saying is, is it going? Is, because if it was me, I'm taking three, and it's Clyde, uh, Darrell Williams, and Jeremy McKinnon, and uh, Dar- Darwin Thompson, and you off the lot. And and that's funny you said that because I think this is a great uh, year for D Train. Uh, is that I think it all depends on how he, he performs in the uh, <coughs> excuse me sports hits <coughs> in the preseason because. Like I said, he's gonna he's gonna get his opportunity. Is he gonna be able to hold on to the ball? Is he gonna be able to be productive when given the chance? So D train out of all the other guys is the one that's on the ledge, so to speak. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a full it's gonna be a a a, a, a knuckle to knuckle bout between uh Thompson, train and uh um I do I agree with Beats on that. I do think it's going to be three because their Darrell showed that um, you know, he's one of Andy Reid's guys. Andy Reid likes him, can depend on Williams. So he's definitely one. You know Clyde is one. And it's going to be a duke it out. And I really think McKinnon's name is, has been getting brought up more than D Train. So thus far in this McKinnon's been looking damn good in this preseason, I mean, in the training camp thus far, uh, since we acquired him from uh, nine. But, yeah, I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be great that they keep – I don't see them four. You know, maybe one of them gets signed to the practice squad or something. Maybe D-Train yeah. can get the practice squad or something like that. I don't know, but – on the active roster, I see three. I agree with Yeah. And that's another reason why I was saying uh, after the first team and watching the players after this year is uh, even more important than any other year because it's a lot of guys that uh, need to make a name for themselves this year in order to stay on this team. So uh, I will be watching these games in their entirety just to see what some of these – uh, guys that may be up in the area that we really don't know that may have positions. Uh, see if they can make it make a name for themselves. I mean, this is the time, so if any, so 
I'm pretty interested to see these uh, other stream players playing these games. Mm -hmm. And I got a couple of, I just got a couple of little questions I can talk to for you guys, because I know the season is uh, upon us <laughs> right at our doorstep. Um, what team in the AFC do you guys think comes close to the Chiefs for the number one seed? What team in the AFC really contends or is a thorn in the Chiefs behind for the number one seed in the AFC? Um, uh, um, I would say Buffalo, but I, I still – I just think that they just got there because the New England Patriots, who no, nobody's talking about um, as of right now. Um, but maybe the Bills – I wouldn't even count out the New England Patriots if Cam could uh, – have a good season because uh, if you think about it, uh, and though, even though they went like eight and eight or eight and whatever eight, and eight last year or something like that, um, they were in a lot of those games. They just couldn't close it out because either Cam couldn't you know, sustain drives or they couldn't move the ball or whatever the case was. But it wasn't it wasn't their defense that was the problem. It was just the offense. So. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll still look out for the fucking Green Goblin and the fucking Air Ducks and shit. That motherfucker over there in Boston. Whoa. I, I, shit, all right. Uh, watch it. With the, okay, okay, okay. And I like that. I'm like, I like that I asked that. Cal, what you got? Uh, I'm going to say... We all know that who the cream of the crop was is Baltimore. And like you said, with the New England falling off last year, the Bills took upon themselves to do what they needed to do. But I'm going I'm to I'm, I'm keep it – I'm going to throw it another way uh, like I often do. I'm going to say the Tennessee Titans this year. Now that they have Julio, they got uh, A.J. Brown getting better. Don't forget the king in a running back position. They will be better this year. I say that the Tennessee Titans is the team in the AFC that will be a thorn in the Chiefs' side. And, 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 and you know what, Cal? Um, honest. I, I, that, that was my honest answer. Um, was the Tennessee on that? And I don't leave before you go further. I was going to say Baltimore, but Jackson going to have to show me something, baby. You're going to have to show me something this year. Nah, nah. You picked the right team. You picked the right team. Mm -hmm. Just for yeah. the simple fact, it's not going to be easy. Just because you you were thinking about Baltimore, I'll start with a little rant on them real quick. Like you said, Lamar Jackson's going to have to prove and show. He has not done that thus far. It's not going to be pieces and cream in that AFC North, okay? With uh, Big Ben, 
and that uh, defense, you know, humming, um, uh, uh, cleat, you know, it's not going to be, it's not going to be in the <coughs> by saying the Phoenix is tight because I'm going like 100%. Remember, the question is who is going to be thorn in our ass for the number one seed. It's oh. Tennessee. It's Tennessee all day long because, listen, they're in the AFC South. It's riddle. You're no use in this nothing. Jacksonville may surprise and pull something out of their tail four to five times this year. But Trevor Lawrence is a rookie. We're not really expecting too many chances. You have uh, – what's the other team? What's the other team in South? A, I can't you, think of what's, what's Did you the, say the Colts? The Colts. We know it's yeah. not a guarantee with them. Carson went being only thing I'm trying to say is that they are the most stable team in the AFC South. They've been there, they have the experience. The rest of the South is riddled. That means Tennessee is going to run off the wins. This mm-hmm. year. That is going to be it. We actually face them too, and I'm glad we face Tennessee in Tennessee again. Um, that is going to be a very tough game. I have slated that already. If both teams is healthy and at their full capability, that is going to be the Chiefs' toughest game on this schedule. And I just think it's Tennessee, man. Tennessee is a scary team right now with the likeness of Julio Jones. I do not care what you say. He's the Waffle House because he's always open. I don't care what you say. Tennessee is tough. And like I said, man, Tannehill, he he has to show, but he has pieces around him, and he can run that little West Coast, little short passing game type offense. He can control that, and he can throw it deep when he needs to. Tennessee is Tennessee is a scary team, man. I think they're going to be the ones in the conversation of possibly having the number one seed when it's all said and done. I just wanted to throw that. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, that's a good point. And then you said you had a uh, one more question. As far, yep. As far as I really, I, I really do. I was go wait. I was go wait. But I'm gonna put out there. Is Tennessee the Chiefs' schedule? Is it more? Are you guys looking at it as if it's more tougher? It's going to be more tougher than ever this year to get back to where we want or where we want to be at just based off the schedule. I just want to, do you guys, just looking at the schedule, are you guys thinking like, man, for our boys? Is that the first impression that you got when you see the schedule? No. No, not really. I mean, it's the NFL. Uh, it's all so about that. I mean, I don't think the season this year is tougher than any other one in the past. But teams are getting better. 
And the Chiefs are just going to have to do what the Chiefs need to do as far as getting better in the respective uh, areas that we need them to be better at and that they know they need to be better at. But I don't think that this uh, schedule is light or tougher than any other schedule because, like, anybody can get their ass to what they It's just are the Chiefs going to capitalize or you know how they are sometimes when they get bored. Uh not take advantage of those situations when they should. So that's how I feel like. Well, okay, and I'm glad I asked this. I'm, uh, what you got on the beats? I'm I'm not worried about the schedule. The one point that I leaned on with Cal just said is if these motherfuckers get bored and st- and don't show up, they did that plenty of times last year and got away with it, and, and I think they kind of slept walking to the fucking Super Bowl with that bullshit, too, and then got their ass handed to them. So hopefully the little uh, – the big giant has uh, has woken up and won't take little uh, delight. So, uh, so uh, you know, won't uh, take him for granted and just keep his head on well, you know. As far as you know, in the regular season, I take it back to this: when uh, Travis Kelsey was on Club Shay Shay with Shannon Sharp on his damn podcast, he alluded that the Chiefs were looking forward to the playoffs the whole season. They knew what they had, and they were coasting through games. I read between the lines of what he was saying. And that's pretty much what he was saying. They were coasting last year to the playoffs and then turned it up in the playoffs, but then lapsed in the Super Bowl. Um, so I don't think you're going to be able to do that this year. Just me yeah. personally, especially and, within those five, first five games. And that's what I was going to say. Uh, this year, when I first originally seen the schedule, that's what popped off to me is that there's no let up in this schedule and how they how they position these teams in this schedule is just very interesting because I think just to be honest with you that fifth game that uh, that I'm thinking is is the Tennessee Titans I'm thinking you start this season out theoretically no, Buffalo it's Buffalo Cleveland? Baltimore, San Diego, or, or, or Los Angeles. Philadelphia. No, Buffalo. No, it's I'm looking at it. I'm so, looking so at Philly. it. It's Philly and then Buffalo. Okay, and, and then right after Buffalo is Tennessee, correct? No, it's Washington. And then Tennessee. Oh, okay. Only, and that's still – only thing I when I seen the schedule, man, it just hit. <coughs> There's no let up in this schedule. The Chiefs are going to. Yeah, uh, it's a couple weeks. Well, you got the New York Giants. I'm saying early, the first oh, five okay. games, the first five six games, the Chiefs gonna have to be clicking on all cylinders because, like I said, you're gonna have Tennessee just down there in the south, just trickling away wins. Wins. It's really going to be up to if Derrick Henry is going to be another two thousand yard monster <laughs> and beast again. 
man, that team is really going to contend for a number one or for the number one spot in the AFC. But that's what I've seen when I've seen the schedule. There's no let up. There's no let up. And I'm glad the schedule is like it. I don't think it's hard or anything like that. I just think it's going to show the policy and the adversity of this Chiefs team coming off a Super Bowl embarrassment. So I actually, that's what I said when I seen the schedule. Is I love it because it's the adversity very fast and early. Yeah. Uh, with the schedule, I mean, yeah, I mean, you said it all. Uh, the schedule, you know, we, we will get there as sports heads and give you our thoughts. So I don't want to down too much into the uh, schedule. But good points, Lee. Uh, but we will have a show on that sports heads because I still need to do my research as far as the, uh, the schedule. But like you said, uh, the beats, uh, I don't give a hell who we're playing. It could be the uh, the little giants from off that movie. I don't care. We're not. Let, I, we don't. I don't want to see no let up. And whoever we play, uh, that's where things get shaky for me as a Chiefs fan. Is when we get all stuck in our ways, and because we're, oh, we're playing this such and such team, and they end up smoking it out because they're hungry. The Jets has been terrible the last few weeks. I mean, so. I mean, just because they're the Jets don't mean they're not going to go out there and compete and try to play. So every game is important in my eye. Yeah. There's so much parity in this league. Right. And, and, and like your, your, your favorite saying, there's so much parity. Like any, any week, anybody can go down. So just because it's our Chiefs, don't think. You know what I'm saying? And they don't need to think that way. That was a part of some of their problem last season playing these games, and then wanting to turn it on at the last moment. Uh, we just need to take it game by game. We know that we're capable of getting to the playoffs. We know we're capable of winning the AFC uh, conference. But let's just take it game per game this season. Let's not go in with that mentality saying, oh, we're going to win the Super Bowl. Let's just take it game per game, week per week. You'll be a 500 ball club at week eight. Going yeah, we're going to be a 500 ball club. You fuck around and think like that. You'll be a five, you'll be a four and four ball club going into that Tennessee game. A 500 team. That's, that's, you'll taste your blood. You'll taste your blood pretty, pretty early. You fuck right. around like that bitch with this schedule. All right, all right, all right. Uh, you guys got anything else you want to hit on for the closer on out? Nah. I'm just ready for football, man. I'm just ready for some football. You watch right. Hard Knocks yet? You no. said what? You watch Hard Knocks yet? I actually got it queued up on my TV now. To watch. I'm going to watch it when I get off the job. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to watch it tonight, too. Yeah, I got it. Uh, actually, uh, I'm looking at Dak's ankle right now. I'm just waiting for it. <laughs> Do you guys really think that they were a good team for hard knocks? I really don't think so. Who well, else is going to do it? I mean, you know the Chiefs are not going to do it because Andy Reid don't want no parts of that. 
So they're the only they're only they're the only whore team out there that would that would love to be on Hard Knocks. <laughs> the only whore team. You know, freaking, uh, Jerry Jones whore is ass. He's all about the money. Yeah, He's put my money. Cowboys everywhere. Okay. And I believe uh, when we had a conversation about that, they're one of the most shown teams on this series. I think this is like their third or fourth season. Like if, I, if I had it my way, I would agree. Um, just he said who? how everything went down. It was translate transpiring with the whole Aaron Rodgers deal. They would have been a very good hard knocks team. Like to be in depth and, and like to, to see like what was going on with the whole a- AR situation. That's where I was getting at by asking y'all. Is Dallas really the team for hard? Well, it's not. It's up to the team. The team has to agree to do it. Exactly. And so I can see Green Bay being like, hell no. Yeah, I mean, obviously I hate the Cowboys, but I'm going to watch it because I enjoy watching or not. Uh, But, uh, at this point, I mean, it is what it is. I'll check it out just because I like the entertainment value of football and the whole training camp experience and watching the coaches deal with the players and how they be so nonchalant when it comes to cutting a player. They only let them sit down before they cut them. <laughs> I just like that aspect of it. Like, oh, obviously, I don't want to see nobody get cut, but it's just how they do it. Like, invite him in, and as soon as he get ready to sit down, you're going to go ahead and let you go. He ain't even sat down yet. <laughs> That's why I'm watching. Right. Oh man. So well. That's how I feel about it. Sports is. I know it's the Cowboys. We're submitted to watch them again. And I know we'll be submitted to have to see them on a lot of primetime games next season. We so play them this year. Yeah, I know. You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, we all. I think we yep. lost on the last time we played. We did. Huh? Huh. We all. Yeah, we yeah. lost the last time we played then. Yeah. It was in Dallas. Yeah, I remember. I'm oh, sorry. Alex Smith was still the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And when Charles our running back? The what? When uh, Jamal Charles our running back? No. Okay, I know I'm tripping. I'm maybe I'm almost that, that was Kareem Hunt's breakout yeah. year. I'm I'm thinking of uh for some reason they're the same colors uh when we played the close that year and Kareem went down with that uh leg and that was that year that was that game that was that game that was that game Tyree Hill got caught that fucking uh slant over the middle they was lined up in Hail Mary formation. <laughs> And that nigga just zigzag his way to the end zone right before the half. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, yeah, like yeah. I said, sports head. I'm getting ready to watch it now. Make me a quick run and I'm going to check it out. But uh, other than that, sports heads, that concludes another episode. Like I said, we will be doing these pre game uh, previews and everything like that, and, you know, like normal. And we'll give our estimate, uh, estimations on the season. Uh, standings or whatever uh, when the season gets ready to start. Fellas, anything else you got? 
Nope. Uh, all I got it. No, not really. Just go ahead and I guess close her on out. We ain't got nothing. All right. I am a cowboy, aka caviar. You can find me on Facebook. Instagram is Twitter. Uh, Beats. Where can they find you? Yeah. Before I give out my handle, I just want to say if you made it this far in the episode. Sports heads, you are a trooper. We greatly appreciate it. I know it's been a while since we uh, dropped the episode, and this one is kind of long. Um, to help us out, uh, you know, do the things as far as subscribe to your uh, podcast uh, platform, um, give us a rating on uh, iTunes, Apple uh, Podcast, and uh, make sure you share the show with your friends if you think. Uh, you know, somebody you know you like this type of content, we greatly appreciate it. And you can follow us um, at our uh, Pacific uh, um, I don't know why I'm blanking here, uh, social media handles and the Sports uh, Talk uh, Facebook page. But you can find me at dbeats1492 on all the social media as far as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, all the love. Lee, if they're checking for you, where can they find you? Yeah, y'all can find me at Facebook Instagram and hit us up at the Sports Talk KC page on Facebook, like Beach was saying. We appreciate all the new followers and, you know, people that been, you know, um, hitting that like button, you know, when it comes to the Sports Talk KC, you know, um, just doing our thing and appreciate all the support, love, and all the newcomers to Jumping on board and listening. So appreciate everything, man. And we will keep rocking. All right, sports heads, we up out of here and we'll be back. It then. is oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just gonna say on the way out, it is football season. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, Chiefs Kingdom, baby. Yo. <laughs> Real buddy.